You have made it to season four of the Not Neurotypical podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and season four is all about connection, connection to self, connection to our community, and continued growth, and I truly believe it's only up from here. But even still, it's good to be prepared, so buckle your safety belts, hold on tight. It may still be a bumpy ride, but it feels really good to know where we're headed. It's been two years, and I don't know how much better I am. And by better, I mean how much better I'm handling all this. I don't know. It's still so up and down, my whole world. Every time I feel like I process a new thing or handle something or get better at something, it feels like something else appears. Every time I get into something and feel like, okay, this is the direction my life is heading, it just disappears. Like my interest for it disappears and I don't know why. And it's just so frustrating. With every breakthrough, at some point I hit a wall. And I'm thankful for the breakthroughs. Don't get me wrong. I'm really thankful for them. I just need to figure out why there's so much turbulence. Like, I would say that's my biggest mystery and it's probably not autism it's probably not ADHD it's most definitely trauma and I've talked a lot about trauma and separating trauma from autism and ADHD and neurotypes and how upset it makes me that the medical model is is so surrounded by only trauma related to these things and you know I don't know But the turbulence, there's always this undercurrent. Even when I'm good, I feel that turbulence under there. And it's like there's this good turbulence and there's always impending turbulence when I am good and I just feel it coming. And I know my therapist has said that mood and autism is a big thing. In fact, he told me that mood was going to be put into the DSM-5, all all about the moods, but there just wasn't quite enough research or something at the time, and they left it out. I'm really hoping they update that because so many of us were either diagnosed with a mood disorder first and believe they were misdiagnosed, or a lot of us are diagnosed with a mood disorder and autism and other things. And I'm not saying I have a mood disorder. I don't know. I don't really think I fit the criteria for any mood disorder that I've looked into. Doesn't mean I don't have one. (laughs) But it's just, once again, separating the trauma. And there's so much work to do. And I'm sick of the work. I'm sick of it. Oh my God. It's just like, 
of course I just want to run away and like ah, live this perfect life and I'm I'm like perpetually in between this like I can do literally anything I want to do I'm a literal queen like I'm amazing and the other end of that is I'm shit like everything I want to do I fuck up you know that there's this yin and yang where I'm so high and so low and most of the time I'm in the middle of those navigating the two like talking to myself like you're amazing but you suck (laughs) like at the same time like honestly it's not even like I'm all or nothing and that's why I don't think I have a mood disorder it's not like I'm not like a queen one day and a total shit the next like it's it's like I am both of those at the same time like all the time and that's what I mean by the turbulence and it's so frustrating navigating this life and I've said it a lot I I think that my autism diagnosis at 34 two years ago only made things harder not because of autism but because ignorance was kind of bliss it was so easy thinking like oh I just have severe ADHD Autism is a totally different beast. It's like this new journey that everyone misunderstands. As you know, I'm sure you're listening because your life is touched personally by autism or anything related to the spectrum or your kid or someone you love. And it's frustrating because... At the end of the day, I want to be like, oh my God, we're so, we are so fucking awesome. Like autism is amazing. Like we can do fucking anything we want to. And and like, you know, and then the other end of it is like this fucking sucks. It sucks. Not because of autism, but it just sucks. Okay, it does for me. I hope it doesn't suck for you. It doesn't suck for my kids. They are are living actually that's not totally true my younger two you know my son he I believe you can call nine or almost nine a late diagnosis he went through quite a few years of experiencing that trauma of like what is wrong with me when he shouldn't have my girls got a really early start not a start within the medical model they got a really good start within the mommy model (laughs) that's what I'm gonna call it like I have my own model of autism and that's like you guys are totally cool okay you're cool and if autism is a problem for you you know let's work through it and I don't believe it is kind of thing you know it's like this like let's let's do this and recently I even had a um, article come out in the New York Post talking about it again and randomly I just got an email from a freelancer for the post and they were like hey I found you on YouTube and you know listened to your podcast and um you know wanted to know if you could just like give me 15 minutes blah 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 and I did and we kind of talked it was a great conversation I could tell that this person did their research and was really looking for voices to share instead of like writing what they already thought about autism and and it went really well and it was a positive thing and I've had so many negative things um and I was kind of distancing myself for a while 
um, because of the turbulence. Um, and it made me like be like, okay, like maybe it's safe to come back and, and just kind of start sharing again. But the second I come back and start sharing again, I just feel that feeling like there's nothing left to talk about unless it's negative. And I don't want this podcast to go there. I don't want it just to be negative. It really was sharing my journey, which was not all negative. But now at this point, it feels like all the things I'm processing are is leftover bullshit. That might not even be autism. You know, it's like trauma. And it might be trauma related to autism. But I just don't want to paint this picture that it's so bad. But I also want to be real with you guys. You know, we should be real about it. Late diagnosis is not ideal. My younger two kids are doing great. They, they don't even remember what it was like before knowing they were autistic. But my son does. And I sure do. And it's not all rainbows. But that's okay, right? It's okay that it's not always sunshine and rainbows is it's okay it is real life I mean everything within all of this living is not all rainbows I mean some people choose to only see the rainbows and ignore everything else is that healthy I don't know I wish I could live like that but it doesn't feel healthy to me But I'm at a crossroads. It's like, what do I do? My husband is putting pressure on me to work again, like regular income, not just like me doing my own thing. Now that all my kids are going back to school. And I would like the security of that, um, having a regular paycheck, but going back to work scares the crap out of me because I've just had so much work trauma and in my head, it was like, I'm never going back to that again. But then also, I don't know what it is or why, and I have no insight to this, but since finding out I was autistic, I have really struggled to create any income for myself. Um, I had a very successful business that imploded after I had my whatever you want to call it. Like it was like an identity crisis. Like it was really hard to run a business when I was figuring out all this stuff and reliving my whole childhood all over again and like all this other stuff. And then I tried to incorporate other things, streams of income through actually helping people within the community. And then it, it felt like I hit a million roadblocks all different types of stuff, like some me, some external things. It, it's just felt really hard to continue. So in some ways, it's like, okay, well, just getting a job again would be nice because it takes out all of this guesswork and putting all the pressure only on me. But then all of a sudden, I have to navigate the workplace again. And it's like, oh, and I actually had an interview for a good paying job and I'm good at interviewing but I decided if I do go back to work it has to be right and I'm lucky enough that 
I can be a little choosy right now. That is a lucky thing. I know not everyone has that luxury, but um, I've been really honest, at least through the first interview, I was very honest. I told him I need a flexible schedule. Um, it's an industry that I used to work in before I started my own business. So it's an industry that I know how to navigate, or at least I have the mechanics to do so. Socially, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be like starting all over again. Um, but I have the skills to do it. I know I can do it. It's a little exciting. Um, it would be the highest paying job I've ever had uh, on my own. Um, so it's like one of those things where, okay, this could work. This is great. But at the same time, it's scary. And it kind of feels like giving up in some odd way. I told myself that being my own boss was something I was going to do forever and I deserved it. And not only was I going to be my own boss, that I was going to make sure that I was going to be successful doing that. And then I burn out on that and it's so hard being your own boss with executive dysfunction. It's so hard. Not that it can't be done. A lot of people do it all the time. In fact, like most entrepreneurs are neurodivergent in some way. But it's like I burn out on that really bad. Really, really bad burnout. So now it's like is it really giving up or is it just doing what I need to do right now? Or am I selling myself short? It is the best paycheck I'll ever have. You know, it's like every, this is what's so draining is that every little decision I make is all open-ended. And do you ever just want to go back to five where your parents just told you what to do and it's like okay this is my life like but then I'm also demand avoidant and I would hate that too do you understand it's so frustrating and if you feel me I'm really sorry if I'm like making you feel like crap right now it's never my intention I hope that we can just like sit in this and accept it and maybe think like, how do, how can we make this better? Like, that's how my brain works. Like, I don't want to just sit here miserable with you. That is never my intention. But at the same time, this is reality and I, and I want to face it. I don't know how to make that better beyond just trying experiences. That's what I've done. And that means that it gets hard. It gets hard to figure it out it gets hard it gets hard too because when the experiences aren't good and that's the only way you learn then you're just adding more trauma or more hard experiences or just more burnout or more negative or whatever it's hard And I never know what I'm supposed to do without just trying stuff. And that's why from the outside, those of you who, who have been following me for a while probably think I'm crazy um, because I'm always like going on this thing, oh, do this, do that. And then it just implodes. And I'm sorry. 
but it's me. And if I'm too much for you, go find less. Have you seen that going around on the internet lately? <laughs> if I'm too much for you, go find less. But it's true. If you're not into me, that's fine. You probably definitely are not listening this far into this episode if you're weird about me. But, you know, whatever. I let it all hang out. It's not always the best thing to do, but here I am. And now I just don't even know what else to say on this episode. So I'm going to wrap it up. And I have another job interview tomorrow, a second interview for the job I was just talking about. And we'll see how it goes. And I'm kind of nervous. But also going into it better than I ever have before because I was like honest. You know, before my job interviews were like hardcore masking. Like, yes, whatever you say. Yes, that is me. Oh my God. That's so funny because what you're looking for is like actually me and I'm not doing that anymore. So that's a big first step I think is actually being honest with myself. Like I told them straight up, I need a flexible job. I have three kids. I want to pick them up from school every day. That would be ideal. Um, you know, things like that. And so far they're into it. And that also is like incredibly comforting because it's like, okay, they, they're understanding needs that I have and being open to it already. I haven't got the job, but we'll see. But either way, um, and you know, I grew up really poor. I know that's not a luxury. And I know like some people really have to say whatever you need because the money is so tight. And I understand that. And that was also me for that reason as well for many years. Um, but you know, it's just one day at a time. That's all we can do. And I'm admitting to you right here, the things that I don't love about myself and my journey, but it's in the hopes that I can make things better. And I welcome you to do the same because sometimes you just have to sit in the shit to really understand it and change it and make it better. And that's okay. Like you don't run from depression by being toxically positive. Like, oh my God, I feel so good. <laughs> but you're really depressed. Have you ever seen those people? Like you're like, I know you're depressed and they're like pretending to be happy. And it's like really sad. You know, sometimes I feel like, sometimes I wonder if I like give off those vibes where these people are like, you're acting like you have it all together and you're a mess. I live in the city. If you hear that car alarm, sorry. Ugh, okay. It went off, but yeah. So I want to continue this talk maybe next week about just being real and that it's okay to sit in your shit just for a minute, soak it all up, and then figure out steps you can take to start making it better. What I'm doing right now is exploring the options I have of 
going back to work when my kids are all in school because I was the primary caretaker and I think stay-at-home moms are amazing but that was never my dream Um, that's not who I am I've always wanted to be like productive and do my own thing and all that but do my own thing. I think that's the key word. I was, I was going to just always do my own thing. And I had started doing that and it felt so good and it was really hard, but I loved it. And then boom, autism. And I'm just like, my whole world imploded and I'm still figuring it out and like starting all over again. And it, you know, like if everyone's cool, which they never are, but if everyone's cool, this, new job opportunity might be amazing and it's a chance to like not put so much pressure on me and just have a job and like know what I need to do and do it but that's never just what it is so it's like how am I going to handle the stress of a job and having three kids but also having my own business was really stressful so if I can handle that you know I'm probably okay I don't know I'll keep you updated With all of that being said, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And I think we should keep talking about this. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And please follow me at Laura Stan on Instagram. On Facebook, it is facebook.com slash I am Laura Stan and also Laura Stan on YouTube.